finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, nothing much going on today. Just Vladimir Putin threatening to use nukes in Ukraine. Uh, things are uh, escalating. He's uh, recruiting 300,000 reservists, sending them to war. And you're not going to believe this, but I blame Joe Biden. I blame us, the U.S. We should have done our best to de-escalate this a long time ago, but that ship has sailed and it's getting real bad. It's about to get real bad in Ukraine. We'll talk about that. The uh, assembled media waiting on the tarmac in Delaware was left hanging uh, you know what? I think I like this even better. I mean, it would have been good to see if a couple of plane loads of migrants land and head over to Rehoboth Beach. But the fact that this is now messing with uh, Biden and his supporters in the media is almost as fun. The uh, climate change cult, they're laying down in traffic in Boston today. They're, they're, they're forcing people to be uh, late to work and to idle, forcing all those guys gas-powered cars to idle in traffic, you know, for the climate. We, we'll show you some of those losers and LARPers. Um, do you know the name? Kaylor Ellington? Well, you should. Kaylor Ellington is a uh, 18-year-old kid who was murdered because of a political dispute. Kaylor is a Republican. He's a murderer. He doesn't like Republicans. Uh, you don't know. You haven't heard much about that, and you won't. If if it were reversed, it'd be page one, front page, top of the news, everywhere. But uh, we'll give you the disturbing details. And a uh, philosopher, a noted philosopher, on Twitter says it's really hard to make a case against that uh, weirdo teacher, Steve Hannon, that weirdo teacher with the big fake breasts up in Canada. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try to make the case against allowing this freak, this weirdo around children. And uh, Aaron Judge, it's number 60. He's going to pass Roger Maris. How big a deal is Major League Baseball, uh, is the media, is everybody going to make out of number 62, the, the real Major League Baseball home run record? We'll see. We'll get into that and lots more on today's Callahan Show, brought to you by ExpressVPN. Let me ask you something. What if there was someone out there who kept a log of every single thing you did every minute of the day? I think that'd be pretty creepy. Well, what if I told you that's exactly what happens every time you go online? Your internet provider like AT&T or Verizon is allowed to store logs of every website you've ever visited and they can legally sell this data to anyone. That's why I always use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see or log what you do online. Now, many of you might be wondering, well, if I'm routing all my data through a VPN, then doesn't that mean the VPN can see what I'm doing and log my data instead? And you're right to think that. Many VPNs claim to have a no-logs policy, but have been caught logging customer activity. ExpressVPN is the only VPN I trust because they use trust server technology. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. Visit expressvpn.com slash Callahan right now and find out how you can get three months free. Uh, it is the first day of fall. I hate that. I hate the first day of fall. I hate the end of summer. It's just just me. I like summer. I, I, I don't like cold. I like warm. But uh, it's going to get a lot warmer in uh, Ukraine, even though summer's over, <laughs> because Vladimir Putin says uh, he might use nukes and uh, he might uh, he, and he is definitely going to escalate things in Ukraine because they're not going well for him. He's calling up 300,000 more reservists. Um, he's recruiting killers, murderers, get, letting them out of prison. If you've ever seen the movie Dirty Dozen, a great movie, uh, he, he's doing exactly what uh, what they did in Dirty Dozen. They, they got you know Jim Brown and Telly Savalas and 
all the uh, the uh, murderers out and said, if you come fight, you'll be set free. Of course, most of them die. I'll give it away. Most of them die, except Charles Bronson. He survives. He gets to go free. Um, they uh, they followed Lee Marvin leads them all into battle, and it's a great movie. But that's what they're going to do in Russia now. They're going to go through the prisons. They're going to ask convicted murderers if they want to come fight for their country. If they do, they get they get their freedom. Uh, but it's not just convicted murders; it's serial killers. This is from uh, this is from uh, the New York Post this morning. It's from a, a number of media outlets, but. It says, desperate Russian President Vladimir Putin is trying to recruit at least 50,000 convicts to aid his escalated war, including serial killers and at least one cannibal. (laughs) Olga Romanov, the head of Russia Behind Bars, told the Daily Beast that some of the inmates her organization has worked with have already been in videos from the battlefields. Putin's plan to recruit 50,000 convicts, she told the outlet, uh, is uh, the plan is to recruit 50,000 convicts, empty the prisons and send them into battle. Uh, the latest war tactic was something out of our worst nightmares. She told uh, the daily beast. There's already 33,000 inmates, including serial killers, robbers, and at least one cannibal on the battlefield. So they have cannibals in prison in Russia and they're letting them out as long as they go kill Ukrainians and, you know, probably eventually Americans. Uh, and uh, Putin in a, uh, an address talked about taking any measure possible, including nukes. Now, this obviously is not a good development. Everyone thinks, you know, the, the, all the Biden supporters and the mainstream media think it's wonderful that, you know, the heroes of Zelensky in, in Ukraine are, are battling hard, fighting hard, winning in some ways, taking back land. But as I've asked since the beginning, what's the end game? How does that look? How does winning look? How does success look? Who thinks that Vladimir Putin is ever going to just wave a white flag, say, you know, you could keep Odessa, you could keep Don, whatever, Donbass region. And, you know, we, we tried, you know, we gave it a shot. It didn't work out. Maybe next time. Okay. Everyone want to go back to normal. That will never happen. The scary thing is you never hear from Biden who just says, we'll do whatever it takes. We'll stay as long as we want. You never hear him actually describe what a victory looks like because a desperate Putin is never going to surrender. He will die first and he will use nukes first and he will take any measure possible to win and save face. So the only way this ends ends without utter disaster and carnage and death is if the United States, Joe Biden, which I mean, he can't do it, but he would have to have uh, his, his secretary of state. He would have to have some diplomatic team go there and insist on peace talks, insist on some kind of settlement. You can have that land. We'll take this land. You do this. We'll take that. That's the only way it could end without utter disaster. And I'll remind everybody, since this war began, whatever it is, uh, eight months ago, uh, the, the Biden team, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Blinken, none of them has ever mentioned peace talks. They never say it. They never say, let's settle, let's, let's, let's sit down, let's work this out, let's have a negotiated settlement. They don't want that. They're too busy laundering money and selling arms and doing whatever else, whatever other nefarious things they're doing in Ukraine. Ask yourself, why does he never, ever mention settling this peacefully? Wouldn't that make all the sense in the world? They have more nukes. Russia, Putin has more nukes than we do. He has more nukes than anybody in the world. And now he's threatening to use them. And you know what you're going to hear from Biden next time he's asked about it or Karine Jean-Pierre? It's going to say, we'll do whatever, we'll stay as long as it takes, we'll, we'll give them whatever they need. We'll give them a few more billion. We'll sell them more arms. You know, we'll we'll help them with whatever strategic things we can do. You will not hear a word about, let's, let's stop the killing, let's stop the shooting, let's settle this. That's the only way it can end without massive casualties. Because Putin is a desperate man, he's an evil man. He's not going to give, he's not going to give up. He's not going to lose. You have to give him a chance, a, a off ramp where he can say, 
we did it. We accomplished what we wanted. We took back whatever region and, and then you know, th- these people in the, in, in the Eastern Ukraine who speak Russian and support us, they're ours now, at least some of them. You have to give him a chance to declare victory. Otherwise he's going to do something really desperate. And if he does, that's on you, Joe Biden. I know it doesn't really matter to you. You're, you're 80 years old. You're on your last legs, but you, uh, you are responsible here. You have escalated this war without the U.S.'s help, without our money. This never would have reached this point. There has to be somebody, there has to be adult, an adult in the room who says, we can't, uh, we can't let this go on any longer. We have to seek some kind of settlement. Send Henry Kissinger. He's still alive, I think. Send Jimmy Carter. He's still alive. Uh, you, know, find, you know, find somebody who can go over there. I know who, would, who could do it. You know who could do it? Donald Trump. He had some great victories in, uh, in uh, foreign policy. Great. He was a great foreign policy president. I think everybody can admit that. We had no endless wars. We had no... We had all kinds of peace talks in the Middle East. If he can, if he can get everybody in the Middle East to sit down and reach some peaceful, peaceful agreement, he could probably get Russia and Ukraine to do it. But what the hell? Joe Biden doesn't want it to end. His team, all the Democrats, every single Democrat in the House, including Ayanna Presley and AOC, voted to escalate the war, voted to give a blank check to Zelensky just to keep on fighting. So I don't see any happy ending, any peaceful ending to this. And we'll see what he does next. We'll see what he, he threatened to use nukes. Hey, maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll use some technical new nuclear weapons and kill a couple hundred thousand Ukrainians. And then what, Joe Biden? What will you do then? Your choice will be you know, to, to enter the war on behalf of the Ukraine and support Ukraine or to say enough Let's talk. Let's let's end this. But it's crazy that they're they're resorting. Situation. It's crazy they're resorting to uh, uh, inmates and murderers and and cannibals and Cannibal, stuff like that. Their their army is so bad that they have to do that. They can't like you know, they would have taken. They should have taken Ukraine in like a week and a half. Uh, I agree. And he thought he was going to. He didn't. Ukraine has fought valiantly. But again, I ask. I never hear an answer to this. How does it end? You think you does it end with Ukraine victory? That's what Biden would say. But can he describe what a Ukraine victory looks like? Of course not. Of course not. That, that there, unless Putin dies, there's no way Ukraine wins. Putin survives, and we all live happily ever after. That isn't possible. And yet you never hear it. I understand the Democrats, the media, they all support whatever Biden does, including uh, escalating a foreign war. But at some point you have to ask, what's the end game? What is what does it look like? And nobody can describe a Ukrainian victory where Putin survives and, and just goes on his merry way. That doesn't happen. That can't happen unless we get involved and demand Everybody sit down and talk and make it possible for him to declare victory. That's the only way. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. No big deal. Just uh, the guy with more nukes than anyone in the world threatening to use them. But we got more important things here back home in the homeland. We have uh, the uh, the entire mainstream media waiting in Delaware for a plane of migrants to arrive at Rehoboth Beach. See if you can get that, that just, a, just a still photo of all the cameras and all the reporters waiting on uh, next to the runway of this little airport. It's it's I, I decided this is almost as good as dumping off migrants and like he did in Martha's Vineyard. And maybe he'll do it some other day. Maybe he'll uh, uh, dump them in New York because Biden's in New York at the UN preparing to embarrass us in front of the world. I don't know how, but I'm pretty sure he will. But this is, uh, the, 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 I was, I thought the plane was heading to, to uh, Delaware. We told you yesterday that somebody was tracking that plane, the same plane that dumped migrants in Martha's Vineyard, and it was planning to come to, uh, to Delaware. It didn't, at least not yet. Uh, this is from, uh, this is from NBC News. The uh, story they filed last night says the White House and Delaware governor's office were ready. So were the news media and political onlookers. Everyone who gathered Tuesday at a small airport in Georgetown, Delaware, near Joe Biden's home, 
was waiting in anticipation of a plane load of migrants to be flown from San Antonio as part of Governor Ron DeSantis' program to send a message about illegal immigration. But by late Tuesday, no plane had arrived. Instead, it landed in Teterboro, New Jersey, where Biden was in town for the annual uh, UN Assembly meeting. No, bro- no migrants were aboard the plane. Early in the day, DeSantis stoked the coals of speculation. What? Uh, by declining to confirm or deny whether the plane would even take off. His administration later refused to say if the plane that landed in Jersey was part of this program to relocate migrants. In an intentional effort to keep the issue alive, the source familiar with the governor said uh, the plan uh, discussed the plan anonymously. Quote, he didn't tell anyone and purposely left people in the dark. So technically the media, the Democrats, and everyone got punked. Everyone who got punked who decided to heed some shit on Twitter instead of waiting for confirmation, the source said. The entire point of this is to put a spotlight on the border. It's what the governor has said. He did it brilliantly. He will do it again. But watching these fools sitting on the tarmac, waiting with their cameras, hoping to uh, exploit, (laughs) to prey upon some poor, unfortunate migrants. It never happened. Um, the, uh, the and, and I'm sure he enjoyed that visual, that photo, that optic. And he'll, he'll do it another time. He'll do it another time. He was breathing fire yesterday saying, these media people, consider the, the crowd of media that were on the uh, runway there, or next to the runway in that little airport. Joe Biden has been flying immigrants, illegal immigrants around the country for over a year now. He's been dumping them off in red states. He's been dumping them off in blue everywhere, often in the dead of the night. We've seen it. We've seen video from uh, uh, the the airport in suburban New York, I believe in Westchester, where they dump them off and just let them go at three, four in the morning. When Jen Psaki was asked about it, she said, well, that's not in the middle of the night. That's 4 a.m. That's early in the morning. So she admitted they do it. We know they did it. He just indiscriminately dumped migrants all over the country, thousands and thousands of them. None of these fools who were on the tarmac of Delaware, none of them gives gave a damn about that. They didn't. They didn't set up their cameras. They didn't, uh, you know, stick mics in the face of the the migrants who were dumped off around the country in the middle of the night. Thousands of them to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, without without advance warning, just dumped them there. Then not in places like Martha's Vineyard, in in in, in uh, working class towns that aren't prepared, that don't have the infra- infrastructure. Just dumped them off. The media did not care. They couldn't use it. They they support it. It was their guy. They didn't want to make him look bad. Now they are all over uh, Air DeSantis and his uh, his plan to dump them in sanctuary destinations. That. <laughs> it's just, it's just such a brilliant political move. Even crazy, even some crazy liberals. I saw Charlemagne, the God said, uh, DeSantis is a genius and Abbott is a genius. And they are, I don't know if it's genius, but they got guts. DeSantis has guts. He's, he's a man of action who tells you what he's going to do. And he does it contrast that with the coward we have in the governor's office in Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, and I, I hate I hate when national media people do this. Say Charlie Baker, they call him a Republican. He is not a Republican. He's a phony. He's not even a rhino. He's just a fraud. He's a squish. He he's he's a useful idiot. And he not only denounced what DeSantis did, DeSantis's brilliant political move. He sent the National Guard, 120 National Guardsmen, to remove 50 migrants from an island, uh, from a destination island full of people who claim they care about illegal immigrants. He gave them an out. He got them off the island and put them on an army base. Uh, and then he, he, he criticized DeSantis. And then he said he supported the investigation that that crazy sheriff in Texas called for. Of course he did. Baker said, yes, yes, she should be. And, and you see what he did this yesterday? He went to New York for a Clinton Foundation uh, event on climate change. A lame duck governor of a little state, our state, is on the taxpayer dime going to New York to, to schmooze with, you know, Bill Gates and, and John Kerry and the rest of these globalist scum. 
Charlie Baker, I, I'm sure he was looking for whatever, looking for a job because he needs one. Uh, he, he thought it was a good idea to go to New York and hang with the Clintons and talk about climate change. God, is he a fraud? It's just such, it's such a contrast. DeSantis does what he was was elected to do, a man of action, a man of the people, and then you got Charlie Baker schmoozing with the elite, the the elitist elites, just the just the worst people in the world, and he's down there schmoozing with them. But we will be watching to see uh, to see when uh, Air Santis uh, takes flight. Air DeSantis takes flight again. He's not through. Uh, the, the I don't think he's going to be deterred by the lawsuit. A uh, two two migrants and and this is amazing. Fifty people came to Martha's Vineyard. We saw them. We watched them. They were thrilled. They were happy. Throw that photo up there of the uh, the the happiest kidnapped victims ever. <laughs> the, the tweet where you had pictures of all the migrants on Martha's Vineyard. Now we have two of them, two out of fifty, who have filed that lawsuit. Here they are. Uh, John Cardillo tweets, happiest kidnapped victims ever, hugging and laughing and smiling for the cameras and taking selfies and eating Cocoa Puffs and getting bags full of goodies and clothes and lawyers and therapists and uh, a nice, nice cot in the church for a couple of nights and then kicked off the island. Well, as, as we told you, they have access to not just therapists, but they have access to lawyers. And these lawyers... I'm going to guess, uh, just picture them, picture them. The, the, the woman will have like the, the crew cut. The guy will have the ponytail and the scraggly beard and the disheveled suit. These are radical pro open border lawyers working for free and just wanting, begging these people to file lawsuits because they, they hate DeSantis. They hate any, any enforcement of the border. This is from uh, the Herald Boston Herald this morning, a Boston civil rights group, filed a federal lawsuit against Ron DeSantis arguing that, the arguing that the governor and others broke numerous laws when they shipped dozens of migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard. The law lawsuit filing comes a day after a Texas sheriff announced he's launching an investigation, a criminal investigation, as soon as he could find a crime, saying the immigrants were lured and preyed upon. Do they look preyed upon to you? These were people taken off the street who were roaming the streets of San Antonio looking for a warm meal. And he put them on private jets and flew them to Martha's Vineyard where those frauds swooned over them for 44 hours and then booted them off the island. And now they're on a, comfortable on a military base with access to these sleazy lawyers who are filing lawsuits on their behalf. My question to the lawyers would be, how come you only got two? How come you only got two migrants? The lawsuit was filed in Massachusetts. The migrants were lured to board the planes and cross state lines under false pretenses. Lawyers for civil rights argues in the lawsuit, quote, this cowardly political stunt has placed our clients in peril. Numerous laws were brazenly violated to secure media headlines, said Oren Selstrom, the litigation director of Lawyers for Civil Rights, which is providing free legal assistance to the migrants. Amazing. Amazing. You knew it was coming. Uh, Ron DeSantis, is, he knew it was coming. I guarantee you he, he, he prepared for this and he, um, they all signed waivers. They signed consent forms. They knew where they were going. They gave them brochures about Massachusetts. When they got here, they looked, got to Martha's Vineyard. They looked thrilled to be there. They have, they were, they, some of them, one of them said they gave us phones. They got phones they got money <laughs> because they started to go and fund me. They got food. They got clothing. They got lots of love. And now they're filing a lawsuit because they were preyed upon. I'm sorry. You can't look the other way when Joe Biden sends thousands of migrants around the country on planes. You can't look the other way to that and then say, oh, I'm going to uh, uh, file a suit on behalf of these poor preyed upon immigrants, you know, that's a lie. I, I'm sure it's just, this is a stunt, this lawsuit, but uh, uh, um, DeSantis was prepared for this. He knew it was coming. He knows what he's doing. These people signed consent forms. They knew exactly where they were going. They wanted to get the hell out of Texas, of course, and they did, and they know they're better off for it. So 
Good luck, you hippie lawyers. We'll get to that. We'll get to other hippie lawyers who are uh, who are tying up traffic in uh, Boston today, uh, and uh, you know, really, really uh, making a change. You know, they're, they're, they're opening my eyes. Those those climate justice protesters. But I want to do this next. I want to get to this story because I'm not sure you're going to see it anywhere else uh, unless you look hard. You're not even going to hear the name. Kaylor Ellingson or the name Shannon Brandt. Do you know who these, these folks are? You didn't know anything about this story before I pointed it out this morning. Did you? No, I heard, uh, I heard it happen. I just didn't know the details of it. I just knew it was a Biden uh, uh, guy. Yeah, killing right, yeah, yeah. You might've heard. Yeah, that's true. You saw some kid, Kaylor Ellingson killed. He was killed. This is in North Dakota, Forest County, North Dakota. Brandt, uh, Shannon Brandt, the four, is a 41-year-old man. He's accused of hitting 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson with his SUV uh, just before 3 in the morning on uh, Sunday. He told police, and we're, we're going we're gonna to give you the whole story because, again, I looked this morning. There's nothing on CNN's front page. There's nothing. I watched on MSNBC, not a word. Nothing in your Boston Globe. This, oh, I shouldn't say nothing in the Boston Globe. The main story, the big story in the Globe this morning. I mean, this is important. Don't get me wrong. We have Putin threatening to use nukes, and we have DeSantis punking the media and the Biden administration. We have Biden declaring the COVID's over while firing a bunch of teachers in, in, in New York. But this is your main story on Boston Globe's website right now. Birthday cards say you're over the hill. Anti-ageism advocates say enough. A group called Changing the Narrative is challenging America's card makers to reframe their message and design and design a new collection of birthday cards that celebrate rather than denigrate age. <laughs> Who says the Pazuti Post doesn't bring you the big stories? Their main story is about ageism on funny, goofy, sarcastic birthday cards. But I, I, I agree, this is not as big. But just imagine if Kaylor Ellingson, 18-year-old, were a Biden supporter, if he were a Democrat, if he were a, a climate justice warrior out there uh, protesting, or if he were, you know, Black Lives Matter, and he were run down by Shannon Brandt. Shannon Brandt were a MAGA guy with a Trump hat and a Trump sign or sticker on his car. I could, I could tell you right now, Putin could launch the nukes, wipe out Ukraine, and it wouldn't be a bigger story than this if if the roles were reversed. Um, DeSantis could take a plane, take a A one thirty AC one thirty gunship, and and strafe the migrants and kill them all. It wouldn't be as big a story as this. It would be the biggest story today, tomorrow, next week, the week after. It would be Charlottesville all over again. People would forget. They would forget January sixth pretty quick if that happened. That's a good point. That's well, they would tie it to January sixth. Oh yeah, would be the, say, same, more, the same attack, more yeah. violence. Yeah. This, if the roles were reversed, it would be exactly what the Biden administration, what uh, uh, Merrick Garland, what the media is praying for. They, these people, I mean, they're godless, soulless ghouls, but they get on their knees just in case every night, and they pray for a white nationalist, a white supremacist to kill a, a Biden supporter. They pray for it. They need that. That's what they, that's their oxygen. That's what they, that's their nourishment. They can't wait for it to happen. They see a story like this and they say, please let the victim be a Democrat and the, let the, mag, the, the, the murderer be a MAGA guy. No luck. Not this time, guys. Uh, you can ignore the story. Go ahead. Get back to ageism and birthday cards. But the, um, the, the killer alleged, He's not alleged. He admitted it. Shannon Brandt is a Democrat. The victim, Kaylor Ellingson, 18 years old, is a Republican. El, uh, Brandt admitted, and, and we'll get to the, all the details because this is important, admitted to police he did it because he thought Ellingson was a Republican extremist. Let me repeat. He thought the 18-year-old kid and we'll show you the kid, just a happy, goofy-looking 18-year-old with braces. He, he, he thought he was a Republican extremist. He ran him down with his car and killed him. That happened in North Dakota over the weekend. Have you heard anything about it? Of course not, unless you 
watching Tucker, uh, you, you haven't heard a word. And again, this would not just be a big story today. It would be big story until election day. It would be, Ooh, these, that, that Biden was right. Merrick Allen was right. MAGA Republicans are out to, uh, to kill their opposite. They're the most dangerous, most violent threat in the homeland. Uh, by the way, this comes, what, two weeks after a Democrat official in Vegas knifed, stabbed to death a reporter he didn't like. Mm-hmm. He was arraigned in court yesterday. That, that'd be a pretty big deal, too, if that were a Republican who stabbed a, uh, they'd say they would put, hell, they blame Trump for it and it's a Democrat. If that were a Republican, it would be all Trump's fault, all MAGA, MAGA's fault. But anyway, let's get to this report in North Dakota, because, again, I feel bad. This poor kid, his family's devastated, and he's and the media is going to ignore it because he was a uh, Republican extremist, which I don't think he was. He was probably just didn't like Joe Biden. Kind of a weird story. They were at a street dance late Saturday night. I don't know what that is, a street dance. Do you go to any street dances? Ironhead, because well, uh, I've never been to one. Yeah, I'm guessing in North Dakota they can't afford buildings, so they just have their school dances outside. A, a street dance on Saturday night afterwards, uh, a couple hours afterwards, uh, Ellingson was walking down the street calling his mother, saying he felt threatened by by Shannon Brandt, who the mother knows. And then Brandt runs him over, kills him, no witnesses, but he calls the cops and tells them what he did. And then my favorite part, and then we'll get to this in the story. He says, you know, he'd like to go home, no bail or minimal ba- minimum bail because he has a family and a life and things to do. He wants to go home because, you know, he loves his family after killing an 18 year old kid. But let's listen to this report from, is it the ABC affiliate North Dakota? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, good. Go. New developments tonight in the death of a teenager at a Foster County street dance. According to court papers, it wasn't an accident, but they say a politically motivated attack. WDAY News reporter Matt Henson broke the story for you online today. He joins us live tonight for why the driver confessed to police. Matt? Dan and Kirsten, according to court papers, moments before he was killed, 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson called his mom to come rescue him because 41-year-old Shannon Brandt was chasing him in the city of McHenry where the street dance had just wrapped up. The papers don't indicate how Kaylor Ellingson was being chased, but by the time his mom could get there, her son was dead. I don't understand the differences. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt had a tough time understanding the charges against him, vehicular homicide, and leaving the scene of a deadly accident. He's actually the one that called 911 to report the crash. Police say it happened in this alley around 2.30 Sunday morning after the street dance. Court papers show Brandt told the 911 dispatcher that he just hit Kaylor Ellingson because the teen was part of a Republican extremist group and was calling people to come get Brandt after a political argument. Ellingson's mom told police her son called her just before the crash asking if she knew Brandt, and she said she did. She does not believe her son knew Brandt. Still trying to determine exactly what all transpired at the time of the crash, but prior to that as well. Police say Brandt was drunk when he hit and killed Ellingson with his SUV. We do not know of any witnesses. Uh, We still are making uh, attempts to interview potential witnesses from the street dance, people that were present uh, prior to the crash happening. A judge ordered Brandt held on $50,000 cash, which he objected, saying he's not a flight risk. A job and a a life and a house and things that I don't exactly want to see you know, go by the wayside. Family that are very important to me. It convicted on the vehicular homicide. <laughs> Where to begin? He, he, he wants to be released on bail or, yeah. or no bail, but that's New York. You, you get a no bail or because he has a, wife, a family and kids and a job and a life that, and a family that's very important to him. He just killed admitted to killing an 18 year old and forget the uh, political uh, component for a moment. And he was drunk. So he was drunk and he intentionally runs down a guy and says, can I go now? <laughs> I got, I got kids. They, they miss me. I mean, maybe he's uh, insane or something. Maybe he's just totally unhinged, but he says he killed him because he's part of a Republican extremist group. That sounds like kind of a big deal when you have a president who's been fanning the flames of this kind of this kind of tension for a year and a half and, and ramped it up recently. I mean, let go back to the 
the, the, the Mussolini speech in front of the red curtains. And I mean, he has painted half the country as domestic extremists. This guy just said he killed the kid because he's a Republican extremist. My God, if that were reversed, if this were president Trump and one of his guys ran down someone and said it was a Democrat extremist, hell it happened in Charlottesville. You know, I mean, people died that day. One, she was run down by a Republican extremist who's doing life, who didn't get to go, <laughs> didn't get bail. And it was not only a national story, then it remains so. Biden lies about it all the time and says that was his motivation for running what happened to Charlottesville. Why isn't this just as big a deal? I mean, honest to God, this is a Democrat running down a kid because he said he was part of a Republican extremist group. And the the the, the people, the, you know, hell, the, the, everybody, the administration, the media, uh, you know, big tech, They've been telling us, warning us about these crazy Republican extremist groups for a long time now. It's only a matter of time before somebody took action. This is kind of a, there's something very sinister going on here. And we've talked about it, uh, you know, for a long time here. But last Thursday, a week, uh, you know, six days ago, there was a uh, summit that Joe Biden attended, you know, about hate. One of those in, uh, He talked about uh, white nationalism, of course, the whole made up boogeyman that the biggest threat we're facing is, you know, white supremacists and white nationalists, kind of like at Charlottesville, when every day people are watching on the news because there are cameras everywhere, this crime wave, the the violence, and they're seeing, you know, black guys uh, smash up a McDonald's with with a hatchet. You know, they're seeing black guys push old Asian ladies down, punch them, push them in front of subway trains. They're seeing looting, smash and grabs every day. And not many of them are done by white nationalists. In fact, none of them have been done by white nationalists. It's all made up. It's all designed to uh, give the Biden administration and their allies in big tech and big media a reason to go after his enemies. In this summit, I was just reading about it because it kind of went under the radar because this is all Biden does now is this, you know, this boogeyman thing of, you know, watch out for the uh, white supremacists are coming to get you. Uh, This summit, which included a bunch of, you know, community leaders, including Al Sharpton, was there. I I mean, I didn't hear hear much about it. Let me I want to get the name of it, too. Uh, um, his, His Biden speaking to the United We Stand Summit, he says, white supremacists will not have the last word. And he did the whole thing about how there's a through line of hate against minorities in this country. And those white supremacist groups are giving are given too much oxygen by politicians and the media. It's so important that we keep hollering. It's so important that people know that's not who we are. I'm telling you, and he started talking about the nightclub, the pulse shooting in the nightclub in Orlando. That was in 2016, 2016. And it, the guy didn't even know it was a uh, Omar Mateen. He didn't even know it was a gay bar. He just wanted to kill people. Uh, and he killed 49 and it was horrific. And uh, his family were big supporters of Hillary Clinton, but somehow Biden is turning that into, you know, hate from white supremacists. Uh, it's just insane. And they, they had uh, this woman, Susan Bro, who's the mother of Heather Heyer, the woman killed, the, the only one killed at Charlottesville by the, uh, the, the scumbag who ran her over and is doing life. Uh, and uh, he, he, you know, he made a big speech about the threat of white supremacy. And then at the end, talked about how the social media companies have to do more Um, several big tech companies were involved here. YouTube said it was expanding its effort to combat violent extremism by removing more content, glorifying violent acts. Microsoft said it was expanding its use of artificial intelligence. Federal agencies also announced new initiatives. Merrick Garland told the summit that 94 U.S. attorney's offices would work on a United Against Hate initiative to increase community understanding and reporting of hate crimes. This should frighten everybody. Obviously it doesn't frighten Biden supporters because they know they think they're on the right side here. And they know that the, the, the president and, and the attorney general will marshal the forces of big tech 
and government to go after their enemies, but they're stepping it up. They're, first of all, they're making it up that there's this big problem with white nationalism, white supremacy. There isn't. And secondly, all their efforts to, to cancel people, to, to, to ban people, to suspend people from social media, they're doubling down on that. In the next two years, if it, and it, maybe it changes if, uh, if uh, they lose the House and lose the Senate and, and, and they get bogged down with uh, investigations, hopefully. But their plan is to double down. Their plan is to get their allies of big tech to have more meetings with Mark Zuckerberg and more meetings with Twitter to get them to ban their enemies, to go after, to, you know, to raid the homes. This is frightening. This is a frightening administration. This, the top priority for Joe Biden, it's not the war in Ukraine. It's certainly not the Southern border. It's not inflation. It's getting uh, revenge. It is vindictiveness. It's pure vindictiveness on the part of a petty little man in the white house and the cabal that uh, controls him. I I'm telling you, I, I had to go look for this story. This summit, uh, this United We Stand summit should scare everybody. They're not done. They're not stopping. They're going to keep coming. They're going to keep raiding people, keep uh, seizing their cell phones, jailing them, banning them, suspending them. That's the biggest story in the the country right now. And uh, half the country just ignores it or supports it because they say, good, those people, those MAGA people, they're evil. Go get them. Well, one guy went and got them. One guy, Shane, uh, Shannon Brandt, went and got an 18-year-old uh, MAGA guy, apparently, ran him down and killed him and was trying to, thought he should be able to go home for lunch. Uh, it's true. Look at, look, I mean, look at Daryl Brooks. Look at the guy who shot up the subway in New York. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, just out-of-control violence. And as far as I can tell, maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. None of it is being committed by these, these shadowy white supremacist groups, maybe, maybe they'll start, maybe, maybe their, their, their uh, strategy will work and they'll lure some of these people out from the shadows and they'll commit some crimes and they could say, look, we told you the white supremacists were out of control, but right now there's no evidence, none. All right. Well, we'll, we'll follow that story. We'll see if, uh, if Shannon Brandt makes bail, you know, it'd be nice to make bail so he could be home with his family. He's got a family. All right, let me do Shay, and then we're going to get to uh, this uh, the, the climate justice protest, which is jamming up traffic in Boston. These people are just, I mean, they're so effective. They just win me. Every time I see them, they win me over to their side, and I say, we need climate justice. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that means. But these people are just, just so, uh, so likable. But uh, let me do Shay, and we'll get to that. And we'll get to uh, Aaron Judge, soon to be the single season home run champion in baseball history. But uh, first shake concrete, you know what they can do for you, you know, this summer, you got to do a summer home improvement project. I got one for you. New precast concrete steps, whether you're building a new home or you're remodeling an old one. Shea has great values on precast concrete steps with designs that will fit your home. There are many options available, including concrete, but you can also customize with beautiful stone or brick a new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your, your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the envy of the neighborhood. They remove the old steps, bring in new steps within hours. You got a whole new look and your house is looks better and is worth more. This isn't just an, uh, this isn't an expense. This is an investment, an upgrade in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll have a brand new front entrance and you will love it. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. Also at SheaConcrete.com, you got to look for a job, a good one. Shea is hiring. They're always hiring. The business is good. It is booming. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. I thought it was a tweet before I get to the climate justice losers and LARPers. Uh, we talked a lot about um, this uh, teacher in Canada yesterday. I mean, everybody's talked, been talking about him because it is, it's just so outrageous. It's just so insane. Um, he's a, a, a shop teacher, industrial arts, they called it when I was a kid. We showed you the, uh, we showed you him using a circular saw, an electric saw, and almost uh, lopping off one of his massive uh, water balloons that he's using his uh, his fake breasts 
Um, the, the, uh, the school district is supporting him. The school district says, you know, he's being his true self, his living authentic self. Um, there, I assume up in the media, I mean, up in Canada, the media will defend them because they've just lost their minds up there. Anyway, they claim, you know, he's a great teacher and people like him and everything else. It's utter insanity, utter insanity that this lunatic, look at this person who's teaching high school kids. Think back to when you were in high school. How much would you just laugh at this? How could you even concentrate for a minute if this person walked down the hall and you're supposed to take him seriously? Let's just say, yeah, he's just living his life, you know, living his, his true self. It's just madness. So it was, we talked about it yesterday. Lots of people talk about mocking at the whole idea that kids, young boys, 16, 17 year old boys are going to look at this person and respect him and, uh, and, and admire him and, 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 and learn from him. That's not even possible. So this um, philosopher, that's what this guy is. This uh, guy on Twitter, his name is Peter Bogosian. His uh, bio says philosopher, author, husband, father, and he's got the Ukraine flag and he's from Portland, Oregon. So, you know, he's uh you know, he's a real respected member of the community. He tweets this yesterday. Most people have strong moral impulses about whether this individual should be allowed to teach their children in a public school, but very few can construct a good argument. Why or why not? It's more difficult than you think. Try it. Is this, is he, is he trolling? Is this a prank? I mean, I responded lots of people. I couldn't help it. And I just said, Actually, it's not difficult. The guy is a sicko who in any sane society wouldn't be allowed within a thousand feet of kids there. You know, I did it. It's not that hard. How is it hard to say, uh, to make an argument why or why not this man should be allowed around children? What, what is wrong with us as a society that we can't all agree that this person is not mentally stable, that this person is not well? They're, they're, they have some crazy, he has some crazy fetish, some crazy fantasy, and he's involving children in it. Uh, I mean, I think everyone agrees if he goes home at night or on weekends and wants to play dress up, he can put the biggest boobs he wants under his, you know, balloons, waters, whatever. You can do whatever you want. As, as uh, I forget who asked the question, but what if he walked in with a huge dildo in his pants? Would that just be him being his true self? I mean, yeah. would that? Why would that be any different? He's got massive fake boo. He's not a. He's not a trans woman. He's pretending to be a woman. He's mocking woman. This is this is his idea of some freak freakish idea vision of of what is a woman you know looks like. And he's not doing it in the privacy of his home or even with other adults. He's doing it with the kids. How in the hell could you not, we not all agree that that is insane. What I don't, what I really don't get. So the whole thing is weird to me, but what I really don't understand is how does the principal not even make them put on like a fake bra? The nipples are what puts it way over the top. <laughs> the nipples are these massive protruding things out of his shirt. And he's just some people. And we've said this before, but uh, they get off on making people uncomfortable. Leah Thomas oh, sure. got off yeah. on making the women, the girls on his swim team uncomfortable. He walked around naked. He didn't have to. He walked around the locker room naked and around 18 year old girls and made them uncomfortable. That got, he got off on that. That got him aroused, which is, it makes it even more uncomfortable. This guy gets off on making kids uncomfortable. That's not good. That's not healthy. Uh, what no sane society would let him near children, let alone sit there every day for six hours and then, and, and, and go through this whole bizarre fetish. It's just so insane. I don't think it's very difficult. Sorry, philosopher, man, not very difficult to make a case against that. But I, um, if you were commuting to work today in Boston, I need someone to explain this to me because I've done this before, a bunch of losers and LARPers, who are fighting for a climate justice and they're just exactly what you'd expect. If you haven't seen the video of these people or, or photos, they, they are just outcasts. These are people who've probably never had a friend until they got involved with what's it called? Rebellion, climate rebellion or something. 
and then they found a friend. They found like-minded losers, just, just, just empty lives, lost souls. This is, this is a cult. And I'm dead serious when I say it, because if you ever read about cults or understood the, you know, or seen movies about Jim Jones and Jonestown or David Koresh, they prey upon people with empty lives, gullible people, simple-minded people. Not one of these losers could explain to you what exactly they want the government or the, the country to do for climate justice. Um, and John Kerry himself has admitted we could get our carbon emissions to zero and it wouldn't affect the earth's temperature because China and India and Africa and Russia, they're not on board. You think, you think these people, I mean, if they really wanted to get to the root of the problem, they'd go to China, they'd go to India, they'd go to, and they would sit down in traffic. And, and say, we need justice now because the world is going to end. They're, they're honest to God. These people believe this insanity that you hear from really dumb people like AOC or Ed Markey, that the world is going to end. And so they think, because they've been told that, they have to take drastic measures because the world is going to end. And their idea of drastic measure is to lay down in traffic. The good news is, as you can see in that pickup truck you just showed there, Ironhead, the, the big cement barrels, they have those ready to go. Those purple barrels were part of the plan. Those holes are so they could chain themselves as they've done in the past. But the cops showed up and somehow stopped them. By the way, you think that truck they got was idling there while they, uh, while they lay down in traffic, you know, for climate justice, is there anything you could do that would be less effective in winning hearts and minds than blocking people trying to get to work when they did this last time? I don't know. Five years ago, people uh, uh, talked to some of the people who were inconvenienced. There were people trying to get to to the Dana Farber for uh, for cancer treatment. They missed their cancer treatments. You know, there were people trying to get to hospitals or nursing homes. They couldn't get there because these losers, these 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 empty souls, were blocking traffic for climate justice. And if you ever hear any of them interviewed, they have no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea what they what they want the people, the country, the world to do. They're just being manipulated by 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 evil people, you know that uh, that are into this whole climate called Bill Gates and John Kerry and and the Clintons and the rest. These are their foot soldiers, and they're just gullible, dumb, vapid people like any other cult. But we'll find out if you know anything happened this morning. If anyone got run over because that happens sometimes, you know, guys late for work or maybe trying to get to the doctor. Maybe someone has, she's in labor. The woman's trying to get, have a, is about to have a baby, can't get to the hospital. And these losers lay down in front of them. Is anyone going to blame the guy for running him over? Of course not. But anyway, that's going on in Boston today. And I'm going to guess lots of people are more, uh, more angry with these folks now than they were yesterday. <laughs> I mean, how could you ever like support them or take them seriously after they made you late for work? Cause they don't, they don't work. They're little trust fund books. A bunch of them got arrested. Last time they got arrested, they were released in like 10 minutes. Charges dropped. We'll see what happens. Usually if you're, you know, on, on that side, you're uh, in no danger of spending any time in jail or getting, uh, you know, end up in the, uh, solitary confinement or deplore. I, I would make the case that they, what they're doing is much worse than what many of the January 6th uh, trespassers did. People went in, stayed between the ropes and took, took uh, selfies and went to jail for, you know, like a year and a half. <laughs> These people won't spend 10 minutes in jail because, uh, you know, they're on the side of the, the, the they're on the side of the swamp. I before we go, we gotta we gotta touch on this Aaron Judge thing because you know baseball. I'm not I haven't been watching any baseball because I hate the Red Sox. And I'm enjoy, I, I did enjoy their downfall in July and August when they fell into last place, and they're still there. And it's just been an awful season, and it couldn't happen over a bunch. I mean, John Henry and Linda Pizzuti, they don't care. They're busy with their soccer teams, and LeBron doesn't. LeBron James, part owner, doesn't care. He said the fans are racist as fuck. You think he cares? about the, about the Red Sox. Uh, he doesn't. Most people don't at this point, but no. the Yankees are having a pretty good year. Yankees are in first place. They're going to the playoffs. And Aaron Judge, I saw somebody write about this the other day. Who's the MVP? Is it uh, Otani or uh, Judge? 
Judge is going to win the triple crown, maybe. <laughs> He's going to break the all-time home run record. How is he not like the unanimous? I know Otani's great, but how are you not unanimous MVP uh, when you win the triple crown and break the home run record? Yeah. He, he hit a 60th last night. Now, as we all know, the all-time single-season home run record is 61. He tied Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth's best year was 60. Uh, and uh, he only needs one more to tie Roger Maris, two more for the all-time record. And I'm just going to say, I hope everybody, I hope Major League Baseball acknowledges it. I hope the media, the, the media will be mixed because a lot of young people, young people, they, they think, you know, that they're such jock sniffers that they'd look the other way when they're heroes like Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or Sammy Sosa do drugs and cheat. They look the other way and they're going to pretend the home run record is really Bonds and McGuire. Well, Baseball was so, 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 baseball was so much better then. Who? What is the what is the record? Bonds? Who hit seventy three? Bonds? Bonds hit seventy six, I think. Let me check. No, he didn't hit seventy six. See, I, I don't want to know. I know he hit seven hundred and sixty two, I believe, but I don't want to know. The home run record for a career is Hank Aaron, and for a season is Roger Maris, soon to be Aaron Judge. I hope, I hope Major League Baseball acknowledges it. It. I, I always liked. The Roger Maris story movie, 61 with Maris and Mantle was really good, I thought. And just Mar- Maris was this tormented soul. It was kind of cool that he held the record. And the people who passed him, all of them, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, they're all cheaters, they're all liars. That They got one big asterisk. The record is Roger Maris's, but soon to go be gone. Soon, to, I was hoping to go down to like the final game, you know, put the pressure on, mm. see if he can hit one more. But he's going to blow it away. Yeah, Bonds hit 73 in 2001. Uh, right. He's got this, this like, I think 40 games. Oh, uh, no, 40, like uh, 23, no. four games left. No, it's, it's uh, September 21st. It can't be 24. Well, we can check Wait. that. Um, or 15 um, games. Sorry, sorry. 15 games. 15 games. And he's in such a zone. If you missed it last night, he hit number 60. And then uh, Stanton hit a walk-off, grand slam, home run, game winner, they were down three, right? And he had a grand slam to win, mm-hmm. win the game. It's a, it's a fun year for baseball in, um, in New York. Both the Yankees and Mets going to the playoff. Yes, they're 89-58. The Red Sox are 17 games back. Uh, and in the cellar, the Red Sox are four games back of the Orioles. They are going to finish last. What a disastrous season. But you know what? Uh, good, good for Aaron Judge. I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't know. I don't think he's juicing. I, I assume he's passing all his tests. Uh, it's not. It's, he's a big dude, a big strong guy. He's going to be a free agent. That'll be pretty wild. Uh, uh, I mean, I think he'll resign because they'll pay him whatever it takes. You can't let the guy walk after he does has this kind of season. Just he'll just break all the records and he'll make fifty million a year. And well, I guess he deserves it, but. He will break the record probably like today, unless they're off. I don't even know the schedule, but it's it's kind of fun. And uh, Roger Maris's family will probably be there, and, and it'll it'll be it'll be cool. But I hope they acknowledge it and pretend pretend and make it seem as if it's the all time record, and just kind of ignore all the cheaters, ignore especially Barry Bonds, who's not only a cheater but just a really bad guy. But all right, that will do it for today. Anything else, Ironhead? What am I missing? Um, uh, the Don Lemon video, but we can do that tomorrow. Oh, we never got to that, huh? That that's gone. That's gone viral. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. It is hilarious. Don Lemon gets schooled by that teacher, and and <laughs> I, I keep waiting for. I don't even know when the morning show starts. You better be ready for that, Ironhead, because we're gonna have some material. I think he's so. gonna be on this morning show, and they're gonna have it. They want it to be like a panel, so there'll be some free flow, free wheeling discussions and debates. And he's really not good at that. He's really not smart enough to pull that off. So there's gonna end. You know what? They're gonna want it to get a little crazy because they need some publicity. They need some attention yep. to get people to watch CNN in the morning. I think, you know, they like, like morning Joe does. He has like 12 people on and they all try to top each other with stupid opinions. That's what they're going to do on CNN. And that ain't going to go well. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure when it starts, uh, but uh, I'll be watching. I'll be watching, but I, we will leave it there. We'll find out 
maybe maybe another uh, flight from Air DeSantis. Maybe it's coming to Delaware. Maybe it's coming to Boston. Maybe it's coming back to Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket. Don't forget about Nantucket. Don't sleep on Nantucket. I guarantee you it's on DeSantis' shortlist, but we'll see how it goes. But uh, we'll leave it there from today. Thanks for everyone for listening and watching and commenting. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.